0: this shit. I want y'all to go take it right now. I'll be like, okay, Magic, you got it. How long you had AIDS for? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Excuse me, HIV for? Cool. Okay, cool. I, I got you, Magic. I'm I'm with that shit. I'm with that shit. You know, I believe my phone is watching me and shit. You know what I'm saying? I know my phone is why wa- Don't you know your phone is watching you, you know? For real, man. I was using the Waze app the other day, and Waves like, hey, Mike, it's a Popeye's about a half a block away. Would you like to get your big ass on over there? Like damn it, phone! You know too much about me. I got a few minutes to kill. Get me on over there. We're gonna have to talk about this shit later on. You can't be recommending shit. You hate when your phone recommends shit. Like you need some shit. You know. Oh, here we go. Smoking weed again, guys. See, this is what we've reduced ourselves to. You know, just smoking weed in the radio station on a Tuesday night. You know. You know. Straight up, guys. I think that's been my time. I'm going to give Pam back to Mike. I just want to say I got a big ass head, and a few of you do too. So yeah. don't hide it, divide it. All right, guys. I'm going to give Pam back to Mike.
1: Yay, Mike Bonds. Okay, I'm going to tell you one more joke, and you just well I'll tell it for you then. Do you want to hear the gang bang or the gang tattoo joke? Bang Okay. Okay. So um, I like to I like to foster creative play with children. I used to be a nanny. That's something I used to do for money. I used to take care of children. I used to touch baby dicks for money. And I like to foster creative play. I don't like any screen time. I figure they're paying me twenty five dollars an hour. I'm not gonna have them watch Dora the Explorer. We read books, right? So I got out Gulliver's Travels, really classic literature. And I'm reading to the kids and I get to the part where Gulliver is being tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men. And it's first person narrative, you know, so got a little into it and I thought, you know, what if I was Gulliver? What if I was being tied up on the beach by hundreds of tiny little men? And what if a couple of them had like a wheelbarrow and a strawberry and they came like rolling up my thigh and they like fed me a little strawberry, you know? Or like, if 10 to 12 of them could like Cirque de Soleil together, you know, and become like a, a dildo. Mm. It's a Lilliputian gangbang. It's like the cutest gangbang I can think of. There's like 10 or 12 of them in there. And that's the, that's the gangbang joke. It's a Lilliputian gangbang. It's the cutest. Is that is that too weird and gross? Is that? because it starts out with kids and that's the part where it like freaks people out is that the problem with the joke is it just a bad joke um so i'll say one more thing i have accidental gang tattoos i have two of them um when i was 19 years old well they're dip- well yeah i know and it's funny cuz they're completely different situations so when i uh, when i was 19 i graduated from my first college as a i was a theater major and when i was 19 i wanted to get a tattoo and i thought i'd get the ancient symbol of greek theater you know the the two masks, and I thought I'd get it on the back of my neck because I could cover it with my hair so my parents would never see. So I went down to San Diego and I got, I said, oh, there it is, it's so great. And I got this neck tattoo. And then I was teaching a couple years later up in Oceanside and two of the kids said, oh, Benjamin, it's about not cry later essay, we got your back. If anybody ever, you know, keys your car, you know, Martenio for life. I was like, excuse me? I got the gang symbol of the Nortenos. On my neck. I do. I, I thought it was it was for theater. Okay, here's my second accidental gang tattoo. On my neck. Nobody told me. It's they were down there in San Diego. No one said anything. Like nobody, I was 19. And okay. So the second one I got, I I have a master's degree in fiction, and I've written a couple novels. And my, my novels are pregnant with semicolons. Like, that is my favorite punctuation. So I got a semicolon tattooed on my wrist because I thought that was a cool place. But years after, I learned that it's the symbol for suicide awareness, <laughs> and I got it on my wrist. <laughs> both of these things, accidental, both very funny. Because it's real, right? <laughs> Did any other comic stood up? This has been a lot of fun. You know, and the best part of the night now, does your little brother want to do comedy? He doesn't. He's shaking his head in a wild fashion like a squirrel. It's your last night, no one is it's totally anonymous. No one has to know who you are. He's so sc- he doesn't want to do it. Okay, it's fine. So Claudia and the Loafer are just gonna spin music and have fun. And talk or do whatever for the rest of the time and chill. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Clap it up for yourselves. Clap it up for Claudia and the Loaf for being awesome and training and running the boards. Well, it it makes it so much more fun to be able to host from here. And, uh, yeah, you're not going back to Pennsylvania, too. You live here with him and then the other. Okay, good. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When are you coming up here? All right. Uh. Hey, we have a show at Asiento tomorrow at 7.30. It's always a lot of fun. There's also a show this Thursday at the bar on Dolores, 7 o'clock. Please go to those shows. Uh, and thanks for eating food and thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. Claudia and the Loaf. Take it away. Yay!
2: Johnny Fieber! Okay.
3: Me, you what I say. The cat is away.
2: I'm gonna get on it! Shave it now. before. She's never been going down, never been before. She's never now? before. She's never you going going down. been before. She's never been days. The skin of little fishes who swim across the vast and murky for being with us this is claudia of claudia and the loaf you've been listening to pop-up comedy here at me radio um starting next week in this time slot from eight to ten it's going to be me and pete loaf the loaf <laughs> and we'll be spinning some records and lots of weird banter and probably things that you never ever,
3: ever hear about but <laughs> so join us tuesdays eight to ten
2: We're yeah. gonna
4: W-A-F-L-M-o-y-t. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 No, you have to do it fast. Okay, all pass. Okay, now one more time. No, play. no, one more time. we got to go, go back
5: to the first one, though. Oh, God, okay. You here don't right. know what OCD is all about.
4: All right, let's do the first one, right? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Do it again. L W A F L M O Y T. L-W-A-L-F-L-O-I-T.
2: Let's watch
6: a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with
2: Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I'm
5: Mike's friend. Wrote this song, you know. You should follow me on Twitter. It's 11 Underscores going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumba, now let's watch a full-length
4: T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Late Movie with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. You almost sang it, L W A F.
5: That was really good.
4: Oh, I, I couldn't help it. I was also uh, just skipping while I was uh, <laughs> saying L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Those are the magic acronym letters you need to follow, uh, subscribe to us on your podcast service. But you can listen to us where you're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco. We broadcast every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Check it out, great shows on mutinyradio.fm. We follow what's really happening. Yeah, you can follow what's really happening. You can also donate, hit the donate button or go to Venmo and put in at mutinyradio. We wanna give a uh, shout out. We have a new neighbor to the noon uh, sh- uh show before us what's
5: really happening maybe it, it's called the neighbor to the north right they're
4: above hey, us neighbor, neighbor to the noon how's that that's clever because they that start out never
5: no you are trying to improve on a perfect thing already with lucas it's, it, they're our friendly neighbor, and welcome. Welcome to the welcome. So
4: we're very happy. Uh, so make an afternoon of it. Uh, check out uh, the show. And just start listening to Mindy Radio at noon. Carl, our show is Let's Watch a full length Movie on YouTube, because let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Oh. What YouTube movie are we going to be watching uh, letting
5: us? Well, when I say the beginning, it could land anywhere, right? The Adventures of. Right? It could be swords and sorcery, it could be mystery, it could be, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, we're watching The Adventures of Barry McKenzie,
4: 1972. 1972, the classic The Adventures of Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, right. McKenzie.
5: M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, McKenzie. And the channel we so like cool. is <clears throat> Supreme Wizard of Jahanism okay so, uh, yep that's the supreme so we
4: want you i'm doing it right now i actually don't know if this is that person well uh, okay yeah it is I'm, oh i'm excited so we want you to go ahead look search for the adventures of barry mckenzie in parentheses right. 1972 parentheses full movie when you find it uh it should be uh, hosted on the channel by supreme wizard of johannism johannism All right, well, that's the one. So click that link and then hit pause. uh, Go ahead and scale the timer to the left. So we are at zero, zero, zero. We're very excited. We've been having some great celebrity comedian countdowns, especially because they're not comedians and they're not from New Jersey. We just had the guy talking about the clash. Yeah. We just had. uh, uh, actor who is in uh, one of our movies Although he's a, he is a that doesn't count he is the jersey comedian oh damn it yeah, well we no, broke the right. mold we broke the mold right. with the uh, gosh guy. so Darren, i'm very excited yeah. so perhaps the mold has been broken and this next celebrity comedian countdown is not from new jersey only time will tell i haven't heard this let's hear it ladies
5: and gentlemen welcome back to celebrity comedian countdown this time with suzanne lafonte <laughs> Dozan, how are you how are you, Carl? Did I say your last name right, LaFonte?
7: Linfante.
5: Linfante, right? When I first started seeing you, your routines were all about your Italian father, right? <laughs> yes, he's
7: in a lot of them. Yes.
5: So you were doing a bunch of videos on Facebook, and I had thought they were all pandemic-based, but you told me no. It's just when you were doing them.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few that are not pandemic-based, but I mean, the majority of them were because that's when I had so much time to just put them together. They're uh, they're all song parodies. They're probably between a minute and a minute and a half, and um, I don't know. I just had fun doing it, you know. Yeah,
5: they're all song parodies. You had this great one about trying to, uh, you know, the squirrels jumping <laughs> out at your car, right?
7: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, see that one was not pandemic-based, that was right. scroll-based, scroll yes.
5: <laughs> you also did one in which you were in the costume of the movie A League of Their Own and everyone was blown away, like you went out and bought the costume. Um, well,
7: I wore it for Halloween last year, so I had it anyway and I yeah. wanted to use it in a video. You know? Perfect. <laughs> one of my favorite movies, so why not, right? Okay, so you're part of a
5: comedy group. And it's called That's What She Said. So why don't you tell
7: me about that and how people can find it? Um, Well, it's a group of five female comedians. We, you know, during non-pandemic times, we performed live comedy shows together. um, And we would do stand-up and then some improv at the end and get some audience participation and stuff. Um, During the pandemic, we're doing an online game show. Um, They can find us on Facebook. Um, It's called That's What She Said. Um, It's just a Facebook page. Yeah. And lots of stuff on there so the game show is funny little liars and that's coming up um yes we will we do them sporadically they're all fundraisers um for a good cause, and um, it's an interactive game show where you try and figure out who's lying. You know, it's like two truths and a lie, I'll say. Uh Okay, okay, I got
5: it, that's, I got it, funny little lie. Okay, so the coolest thing about you, and it's indisputable, is that (gasps) you are a radio DJ. I'm talking about traditional terrestrial radio. You're on 100.1 WJRZ uh, down the shore, right? Yes, I am.
2: It's a weekend
7: ship. I'm sorry. It's a weekend shift. It is a weekend shift. Yes. Um, I do uh, Saturdays three to eight. Um, Every other week, actually, because it's so far. (laughs) Ah, I've also um, I, I, you know, until the pandemic, I was filling in on another station in the morning, Magic 98.3 in Somerset. Mm -hmm. Um, But since these uh, trying times, I think they're keeping the staff a little bit more condensed there.
5: So. That is so, so cool. Radio DJ. My goodness. Okay, so where can people find you out there online?
7: Well, I have an Instagram with my name, Suzanne Linfante. I also have a uh, comedy page on Facebook, Suzanne Linfante Comedy, and my own personal Facebook page with my name. Okay. The videos are on YouTube. Um, you just look up the playlist, Parody by Suz," which is S-U-Z, which is what my nickname is. <laughs> Because it's Suzanne says, "says, yeah,
5: yeah, that's what she says." Uh huh. <laughs> okay, so everyone at home is poised and ready to press oh. play on our movie. So why don't we do our comedian countdown? Take it away, Suzanne.
7: All right, ready? Three, two, one, go.
4: He was from New Jersey. <laughs> Oh, speaking of New Jersey. Oh, look, there's yep. where Mr. Accident's Egg Factory is.
5: <laughs> now you know a movie starts out with setting and mood, and that's really what right. we've done. It said it's Sydney.
4: It's in Australia.
5: Yep. Now there's mom and son, Barry McKenzie, and mom. And it looks like somebody's died, right?
4: Well, it looks very important, although he's still wearing his hat. Yep. Oh, and is Dane in there?
5: He will wear that hat for the entire movie, even taking a bath.
4: Really, Carl? What version did you watch?
5: <laughs> Enter Dame Edna. This is her first film ever, and this will launch this character.
4: No, isn't I thought Barry and Edna was the same actor. No, Barry Crocker plays Barry McKenzie, and Barry
5: Humphrey. Humphreys. Humphries plays Edna. Yeah on Edna. And only only plays Edna? No he plays three other thing. uh he he has multiple roles in this film but I'm not sharp enough to catch him.
4: Now does he get top billing in this film?
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. Well I mean
4: he All co-wrote right, so he it.
5: Through. He had a lot to do with the cartoon that it was made from.
4: Really? No. so is one of his characters named Hercules Clump? Uh I will Hercules, have. To... I Hercules, Hercules, so. Hercules nope 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 oh oh, that must have been i'm sorry i was thinking of the clumps too
5: (laughs) hercules hercules yeah now look okay his father's died and left an inheritance that he can only collect if he goes to england to learn about his heritage okay and he's not on the
4: idea well, he's now, a fish out of water, right? He's like Dory, right? Because yeah, he's in he's Australia. He's a fish
5: out of water. That's the whole thing.
4: Is he like Nemo or, Do- or Dory? Uh, he's like ne- neither. 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 <laughs> neither? No. No. No, no.
5: no the, mom, yeah, he's funny, right? her, the mom on the left there, she's a singer, an actress, and she recorded the original version of Don't Cry For Me Argentina, which she sang in 1976 on the album of Avida. So she is that song we know.
4: So growing up and watching TV in the tri state area, there's always commercials for Broadway shows. Yep. Do you think it was his, her voice we heard yep. when they had a commercial for you
5: know? I think so. Yeah.
4: That's memorable. All right, we're off to the UK. Right.
5: Now, I have to say, that's an exceptionally nice ass.
4: Oh, right in the middle of the airport, too. (laughs) Look at the dress. Look
5: Look at the dress, these little Aussies, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness, it was a Negro child. Did you see him?
4: Is that what they said?
5: Yes.
4: (laughs) Oh, Peter Cook. Yes, Peter
5: Cook will be in this. He doesn't have a prominent role here. Now, the cartoon that this was based on... um, came from his idea, Peter Cook's idea.
4: Wow, that's so crazy, and was it for British or Australian television? Uh,
5: n- no, okay, there used to be a magazine called Private Eye, you know, magazines were big, it was Australian, and there was a cartoon yeah, yeah. strip called Barry Mackenzie. Um, it was, okay, about a randy boozy Australian rampaging through swinging London. Um, anyway, dame edna here barry Humphreys, he was the guy who wrote it but he was drunk all the time and he would miss deadlines and i essentially fired him but it, it, you know the, the cartoon was popular they made three books out of it and the first book this wow. is based on <clears throat> you see australia was like we need films i don't know why and all of a sudden they were giving yeah. out money to make films and our producers here capitalized on that, and that's how this thing got born. And it did. Now, that's how the I knew film
4: industry of Australia. Now that's how I heard about this film. There's a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood about the Australian film industry, and they said just that: it, the industry boom. This is like the biggest film. This is like their Home Alone. It's yeah. Just like so now up people, and
5: There was an Australian film in town. You would go check it out, because. also
4: like what he was like rude and crude and had an attitude he was like the (laughs)
5: uh
4: david spade of his time so it was like uh that was kind of liberated the film industry as well so they started having these crazy films like animal house spawned all these films gotcha yeah that's a good parallel
5: analogy now um Okay, this is just a stopover they're doing on their way to England in Hong Kong, and they're having fun. It's an irrelevant scene. It's dumb. But anyway, the guy's name who plays Barry McKenzie is Barry Crocker, and it's just like you said, rude and crude. So he was typecast as this guy. He didn't get any more work for years. Really? Yep. Now there was a um, a sequel that gave him uh, you know another film, and then he did get saved. Uh, there were two films. I'll pull it up a little bit later, um, and he it sure. gave his career this...
4: back. I, sh- I should mention the second film, Barry Humphreys Rides Again. Right. Barry McKenzie Rise Again uh, is on YouTube. Full full
6: Uh huh. That's
5: bad to hear. It's good. It'll
4: hmm. be next week's film.
5: God no. What?
4: God, <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. Oh, damn it, no. How many times have you watched this movie? Four times. How many adventures? Four, Four times. Um, Four and times. do you like like See, sometimes it's hard to riff on comedies because comedies, uh, you know, if they're bad, they create a weird universe, but usually they're fun they're funny too funny and you can't compete with it. Is this like a funny movie? It's
5: it is a funny movie, but it's lost on us, Mike, because it's from a time and two cultures that we're not part of either. So he's being the stereotype of what english people think australians are you see and we don't get what that is you know and also he's got all these expressions he uses here look i'll turn this on and we'll hear him interact with this guy okay
4: sure second in his luggage
2: Yeah, he's gonna say
5: some witty thing. <laughs> Try English humor. Okay, you just said like Stan the Crest. Did you hear what he said? I know. No, so that's well. that an expression that's like common in Australia and people in England would find it funny, you see.
4: Well, can you uh, imagine a country just making fun of your own homeland of Australia due to do some cheesy phrases? I mean, cray me. <laughs> Crikeys. governor? No, not
5: governor. No, but he'll say stuff like, when it's time to puke, he'll say, uh, okay, if he's gonna throw up, he's gonna call it, uh, the the yawn, Laughing at the ground! Chanda! Right? Laughing the crap. For urinating, right? He goes, I've got to splash the boots, strain the potatoes, point Percy at the porcelain. There's all these expressions, you see. That he he, they compensated his beer, his lager. <laughs> That's right. He, he brought fosters over to be an Australian stereotype that English yeah. people think.
4: You know, Australian for beer is beer. They speak the same language, girl.
8: <laughs>
5: That's right. It's Australian for beer. She's brushing up on her Australian right now.
4: Oh no, she's reading, uh, her England. Now she became popular, like Dana then became popular world round. But do you think it was like her home country of Australia was like the most popular? Like, or England? Like, where was she um, so famous?
5: Okay, I I just don't know the answers, but you're right that she was an Australian. Um, Well, I don't know. He's best known for playing as on his television. I I don't know. He did a lot of Australian television. Um, He was part of London's West End Musical Theatre, award-winning writer. I I guess it's England and Australia.
4: Um, Yeah. Well, we, America was graced with, like, uh, Dane Enda specials.
5: Oh, okay. Like on PBS or something?
4: I think it might have been, like, Move Over, Bob Hope, because now it's Dane think It might have been... Uh...
5: Now, look how junky the place looks, right? Like, if you and I were watching this, it would be like, it would be like Trenton in the 1970s or Watts right. in Chicago. Or, like, you and I could relate. But this is of a time and a place that we don't know about. So, everybody watching this in the theater, because that's the only way you could do it, was totally into this movie because it was capturing cultural
4: stuff. You see,
5: on both sides.
4: So this is what Australians think uh, England is for this area.
5: Yeah, and and vice versa. He's being exactly what the England. You see, here's he's in like a Australian slum in a sense uh let me just look it up here and okay let me i'll put on some of this banter sure see he said i'll be down faster than a something something and something something you know like there's a there's like all of that through here all their slang and hey old mate Scrub round the wall hole. (laughs) Knuckle sandwich, we have that one. Hang Hang on a second, you silly dag, while I square off this 4B2. We don't know what that means, but it means pay the guy, I guess. So anyway, I'm just saying, this is kind of lost on us now. It's a time and a place that, you know, the real joke of this film, we won't get.
4: Well, he's a loudmouth, right? He just called that guy a poof?
5: <laughs> well he, yeah. Poofta is what he calls them. Poofta. Now look, it's a different time and that's even illegal here, and he will get someone will try to arrest him for being a poofter. Uh, we'll get that later in the film.
4: Oh boy. You spoil everything, whether or not he is. Okay. Maybe he so
5: The first thing is, surprise, you're not staying with me, mate. I found you a place, you know. Like, that's the whole thing of this uh, movie. He will have his sights set on one thing, and then events happen. And sorry, old boy. Sorry, old dog. You know. And he is off on some corrective adventure. Why is there a horse and buggy?
4: Uh, It's England. Right,
5: of course. Silly me. That's why I know why nobody's wearing a cowboy hat. Look, Kangaroo Court Hotel, get it?
4: Oh, well, is it Australian?
5: Yeah, it's like where Australians live.
4: Well, that's cool, he's got to live somewhere. So he's, uh... all right, so he's gonna, what now. is he gonna do, anyone?
5: He's going to, I don't know. Because he gets goes to England and learns about his heritage, he's going to visit a relative or two. He gets $2,000, Australian dollars. Now, this guy, his name is Spike Milligan, and he was on the Goon Show with Peter Cook. So if you were yeah. of this time watching this film, you'd think it was cool. Hey, it's that guy on TV.
4: Well, no, he was also, they had a uh, radio show, and Peter Sellers was in the, go- in, in the as well.
5: All I'm saying is, if you went to the movie theater and saw this guy's face, you'd recognize him. Now, he had a television show called Q 5. It was like a sketch comedy show, and it influenced Monty Python, so he's pretty cool,
4: dude. Yeah, he's in a bunch of films uh, later day. Like, I think he's in uh, Holy Moses, of all things. Mm-hmm. But he, he pops up once in a while. He's, 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 a, he's a really funny guy. Kind of nutty. Can you tell me where you are, Carl? Sure. Uh, 1358, 59, 14. 1403. What do you got, four. sir? 1405. Okay, seven. cool. Perfect. Can you just tell me when you get to 1450?
5: Okay. So, you see the light went out, right? What you have to do right. is put in, like, five shillings or something <laughs> if you want the light on you have to pay like a quarter you know a slot machine thing
4: that's great what, well, what actually, he about?
5: just took a pound yeah. note so i'm not sure but but the light will go on when you put the pound in oh there it is he slipped it it's <laughs> so anyway i thought that was funny
4: yeah oh well, it's like They don't call it a sandwich. They call it a sanga. Oh, like we call them sammies. Right. They don't call it a soft drink. They call it lolly water. Are you a 50 yet?
5: I'm 50 years old. Okay, now he's going into, like, the pub where all the Australians are. Try the local broth. It's dishwater. (laughs)
4: So they're all 15, happy to
5: see. 14, it, I'll tell you a different time because I messed it up, Mike. I'm sorry. Okay. What time would you like?
4: Well, what time are you? I'm on uh, 15, 14 right now.
5: Okay. So I'm at 15:32, 33, 34. So, want me to pause and you tell me when to continue?
4: Yeah. It's okay. kind of come up. Sorry, audience. We're gonna I'm get to 15:30.
5: 15:42. That's where I'm paused at. 15:42. All right.
4: Well, he's boozing right that. now where I am, okay. so see we're, so we're gonna make sure we get to it so I they're having a you. good time all right Carl uh now okay got it just okay. okay. so having a drink a oh so he didn't have to smuggle it they have it here
5: that's true but the joke was you know what would be an Australian be bringing
4: um that's a great question. If only I knew, The only thing I know about Australia is also it's the name of a continent.
5: Uh-huh. That is not incorrect. That is true. And crocodile hunters from there.
4: Really? Mm-hmm. What do crocodiles hunt?
5: <laughs> oh, you know. They're, they're, it's meat, but, you know, birds. Are there, are there human bird. hunters hunting?
1: Mike, two, Mike, two. What is wrong with Mike? Why doesn't mic two work anymore? What is happening? Why, why, why? Not loud enough. What is happening that is different here? Huh. So mic two, two, two,
4: two, 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 two. There's that we crocodiles and their profession was hunting. Yeah, of course, at least Steve Irwin of uh, Crocodile Hunter. And exactly. uh, yeah. His uh, family is still in the news. They still have an industry. They still still spread the word of uh, animals.
5: Isn't that great?
4: (laughs) Animal crackers. Now, you see
1: the
5: guy in the back? That's not Dudley Moore.
1: Mike, too. Is this better?
4: Is it Peter Cook? No.
1: Is this better? Is this worse? Is this working working at all? Is it working at all? Is it working at all? Can't hear hardly anything. What is wrong with mic two?
4: Connected.
5: No, this he would have taken this role. Oh, there he there he is again. Not Dudley Moore. Not, not Dudley, Dudley Moore. Moore. <laughs> there he is. That's your crazy okay. name, buddy. You are not Dudley Moore. It's Pete Townsend. Right of the Who.
4: <laughs> he he does look like Dudley Moore.
5: Yeah, I mean that's who they wrote the part for probably.
4: He's gonna make him a star? Kind Mike of two, yeah, Mike he does Two, Mike Two
1: commercial. Mike Two, is that better? Did I fix it a little bit? Mike two, Mike Two. Mike Two now kinda works. That's good. Only one ear though. That's a bummer.
4: Oh he's oh I see. He's gonna take him to the office.
5: Well he takes him in the back and says I've been watching you for quite some time. I think you have a look that's perfect for my campaign, you know. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, Dudley Moore would have crushed this role uh, in this guy, although Peter Cook doesn't shine in this film. You'll see. um,
4: So this is kind of like Canteen. It's like a young innocent walking around. Like, remember the the movie we saw Candy?
5: (laughs) Yeah, so he like, stumbles into, now this isn't really like candy, but he stumbles into being a, you know, in a TV commercial, and that's the kind of thing that happens to him in this world.
4: Right. It's a cigarette commercial, my favorite yeah,
5: commercial. His name's Jonathan Hardy, and there's nothing really special about him. He's just the cigarette guy. Okay, now look how not beautiful, you saw, you look how not beautiful she is. But by their standards,
4: look—you don't think these people? I mean, look at the guys. That oh, guy.
5: No. Listen, if I saw her in a bar, <laughs> okay, right? If I knew her at work, she's beautiful, of course. But I'm saying, in today's world, you know, of starlet, you know what you know what I mean? They would make her look
4: fabulous. You're saying that today's uh, TV commercials for cigarettes—they wouldn't pick a girl like her,
5: <laughs> right? They're They know we're much too vain. They would pick a perfect girl. Okay, the joke of this whole thing is he's. He has to do like take twelve, take ninety nine, you know,
4: because that's how done. Yeah, I did. we used to pass in the eighties, one hundred six. Whoa!
5: High cap cigarette.
4: Tastes like
2: shite.
4: <laughs> oh look, there's the guy.
5: Look how Dudley Moore he is not. So true.
4: Yeah. Well, do you think that Dudley, not Dudley Moore is handsome? Um, For your well, listen,
5: Does Mike, you, know, like, you stop? Mike, listen, the t- year is 1972, uh, right? their standards of beauty you know the money has is tricking us and our standards of beauty are so high you know that dude don't make it like i'm a jerk ah she ain't pretty (laughs) (laughs) look at their admiring her. that's a that's a bit of all right
4: what's he always writing he's putting some coke in his hand
2: you
4: know carl i'm really when i'm really poor uh Mm -hmm. i don't do a pump of coke i i write the word coke on my hand and i sniff it
5: (laughs) and the ink fume gets do you do it with the sharpie so you get high a magic marker
4: i always have i'm always holding
5: (laughs) got any markers of course they're a path mark you just go to oh you guys don't have path
4: mark what do you got the piggly wiggly we got the piggly we got the uh because of win dixon
5: we, you got win, the Winn-Dixie? You think the store's named for the no, love
4: of dixie No, the it is market name. is called in, uh, remember that dog movie or it like because yeah. of dixie Yeah, they found I thought it that was, in Winn-Dixie. But isn't Winn-Dixie's full title is because of Winn-Dixie? No, it's Not for the, the love of.
5: For the love of. Ah. Uh, and the dog dies. D-
4: does? No. You hey, thank you for dog. telling me, Carl, because no. you saved me a trip to, on the internet.
5: Check the website. Does the dog die? I don't need to. You a told me.
4: Uh, you I, I, don't, me a I trip. don't really know.
5: I saw that movie, and I don't remember him dying.
4: I heard he, he robs a passport. Is that true, the dog? Well, he
5: robs. Right. He goes to Jersey. They have no wind. dixie I don't know. Okay, so he's getting ready for his big sex date with the cigarette girl. So he went and bought some erotic material, and he was, like, learning Karma Sutra stuff. He's like a big dope, and I'm not sure what if it means like, he never gets laid, I don't know.
4: So is he buying like a... Uh,
5: aphrodisiac stuff. I want this root and this berry and this, and he's like, so we don't have any of that.
4: Yeah, it's England, they, you'd be lucky if they have mayonnaise.
5: And he's going to order now.
8: Chutney,
9: Rice? Mustard?
4: Is he going to like slip the mustard in her drink?
5: No, he's going to, this idiot, is going to pour that stuff on his dick. He's so <laughs>
4: stupid. He's going to pour curry on his dick? Maybe look, you not- see her? No. look, look, look. Do you see him? Did you see him? Yes, I, yes, hello.
5: Come on, that's that's a bit of all right.
4: Did he already do it? Oh, no, oh, he hasn't poured it. Full back nudity. Oh, there's the bed. Wait a minute, so he's going to get sex, but he's going to pour uh, curry on his crotch?
5: Yeah, because apparently he's a dumb Aussie who thinks that's an aphrodisiac that's going to get him bigger. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it.
4: it looks like he's got it made. Oh, well, there we go. Tell now me, pal. Where's your loo? I gotta splash
9: the boots, strain the potatoes.
4: Ooh, I must spend a lot of money on this bathroom.
5: <laughs> Look how the mirror goes in and out. You see it? Right.
3: What is that?
4: Also, the bathroom, like the door's not closed, right? Because you can see her in, in the mirror.
3: Mm
5: hmm. Me means <laughs> English. It's their insult for English. So look, this idiot is opening like a can of curried prawns and pouring them down his, not yet, palmy basket. It could happen. You see it? Is he really calm- going to do
4: it? Yeah. Listen, I've seen Van Wilder sequels with more humor.
5: I mean, why know. is... By the way, the internet thinks it's a big continuity deal that later his shirt isn't going to be all stained.
4: Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, me You've too. seen this movie four times. Did it bother you?
5: Uh, yes, each time that the internet told me it was important. Now look, he's got a crotch full of
2: curved prawns.
5: <laughs> Does that make any kind of sense?
4: Don't you think it's funny she's gonna stick her hand down there
5: look uh no they won't show that look the hat see the hats on yeah okay now a
4: jealous dudley moore shows up to fight to Wait, fight barry does she doesn't she doesn't touch the curry
5: prawns no we don't get a payoff to that joke that's not even gonna happen
4: if this was a seth Green movie you know yeah. that would happen of course and then it would have reached been... down maybe it's in the unrated uh extended cut of the dvd
5: <laughs> this thing didn't make it to video by the way
6: through the best Idaho. You we went our separate ways. You fought together. I fought for safety. You don't believe in COVID. I believe in Fauci. You're a science-less Karen. I'm an ignorant sheep. Baby, what's that? Confused look in your eyes. What I'm trying to say is that you're burning campfires while I sit on a shelf inside a room. You called us cops and high holies for staying at home You called us traitors, we called you reckless renegades Cause baby, you're a gatherer, and I chose to own from home We camped together for 48 years and held hands in the circle each summer But when it came time on the 4th to go stand in the meadow We left you all alone, we stayed at home In awe at the children's parade on the 4th of July. While the kiddies all were marching, I was sitting on Zoom with some three dozen hippies eating the melons that the kitchens have sliced you. In the backyard of the Nimipu tribe, you believe there's permission, you're sure it's all fine, you have faith things will all work themselves out, and to you, diplomacy's a four letter word. We're all colonizers but your family you thought i was only joking but i'm screaming don't gather at the top of my lungs at the folks in the chats and the conference calls no i won't take your hand and spread a disease cause baby we're all gatherers but i chose to own from home we camped together for 48 years and held hands in the circle each summer but when it came time on the fourth to go stand in the meadow we left you all alone we prayed at home howdy folks and welcome to another episode of always free the radio show and podcast about rainbow gathering
9: i'm serena allison daniel fiona kate
1: lee oliver
9: and this is Radio 11. Radio 11. Radio 11. Radio 11,
8: Radio 11. this is Aqua Q. Too Sat, Varen, the also continuity of time and life, as in Serial, is a bready breadth of jesterly spasmodic coos which decouples the them from even and oddly themselves, for as they turn their backs, they turn into themselves. Which is why they keep getting out. He banged on the table. You talk like that now, do you? The now of you, that is? And you make me talk that way too, the professor riled a simple version of his rilier grin. Q chose a professor as his psychiatrist, because of the full placement of embedded woody bookshelves, as yet to be, and now discoverable. You can put them away, if you'd like. Oh. What The bookshelves. You're blocking up your mind, stop it. Oh I see. Good advice. Non-matter energy into nothing, how do we do that again, now? The world turns, 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 don't worry about it so often. The two sat, very much as if he were wearing a long coat, and the other twiddling on some things from his pocket, something spinny and thought-provoking. So what don't you want to talk about at this time today? We've got a whole dictionary you didn't think about last time you were not here, again. Oh, it's that time again. To fold a space-time object around a matrices of more foldery bits, as in the paper fortune teller? Did that ever work for you? It always works. Now what answer did you expect? Well, the last one that came up, I suppose. I mean, is that a trick question? Of course it isn't. It's only a trick if it fools you. And that was a horrible errand. Hum. So what do you do when I'm not in the room, Professor? Live stream trees in forests just to prove your point again, eh? The Amazon. Yes. Too wet to fall. I saw your notes. The selfless ones. Oh. The letters. Yes. They're a bit too organized to be immediately as immediacy requires, I feel. I mean, we should have heard by now. It's like people are expecting somebody else to do it. btw the time the room gets through a bubble sort tree of the what do you do and what do you do Reintroductions, the day is up and we're all cross at each other for not having gotten any work done, or spent any meaningful amount of cash drop dot gobble wobber for a return, perm, perm. So how would you expect it to go? and do go on about free energy, as time permits, of course he grinned. Gyu's eyes sidled away from the suggestion, and carried forward. Well I think everybody's just a bit too afraid to touch it. I mean. The perfect thread. I mean. Like well suited and the like, like. How are we going to feel if some muckery gets stuffed into a piece of threading and it can't be bypassed, and shouldn't be removed? and really shouldn't be traversed or re-traversed, by me anyway. And I guess that is my point. It's not built yet, but as it is. The neutrality would sidestep all that nonsense, and the versioning would place the we in our zones to be the US we desire for the now which is our future, and the like. See? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, as in the positivity, yes. So from either or and about, the language, as versed and well, in fact, has such a lyric to it, that it's enjoyable from any angular or such direction, or I say velocity, as a pair of variables, but, well the sets of the pairs. And yes I'd love to think those bits will be discoverable in all the instances where such is required, to bring about, their, own, fully expected and absolutely essential liquidity of freedom and choice as hash free energy, and yes, Even people say hashtag out loud now, it's quite ingenious, but of course that's verbal and it throws people in a loop. He went on. The library. We've got to have a big steel building around, a cool looking one, to stick right into Washington, completely empty, or empty enough, or perhaps draw it on, with a map. Though I think it needs physicality. Maybe a tiny miniature one, at street trolleys. For sale to tourists, this is the US blockchain library. He swung his arms around, stopped and looked, and settled down. Well, I guess it should be physical. At least a special access in libraries, or some at. He trailed off. The physicality stuck with him for a moment, and as recently he wanted things both big and small, and static, and portable, and infinite, and, this distributed, and now and later and forever, and not before, but just, and now, and again. And that was his mode of thinking, and it had to be that, to describe exactly what time was, and he didn't want to muck it up, and so there was always this push-pull, at least in those moments of momentary lapse, but unlike the song, not so numbly comfortable, in that order. He looked back at the professor who was now looking out a window, and quite obviously thinking to himself, as to how Q was thinking to himself. It was a good pairing for a 50-minute session, or 88 lines of code, or per calculation. He wondered what the professor did when Q would leave, or when the code was up. Make coffee, the professor said out loud. In answer to your silence hum of a breath I just heard you complete an internal thought involving me, for you breathed in my direction. It's a thermos, but pouring it into a smaller cup gives me satisfaction. Oh! More satisfying than this. I mean. The silent thinking and the white lilies you've got growing in your garden, out the window? Is that your private garden? I didn't see it from the outside. Nobody can get into it. It's wild. Only the bird and the bees seem to reach it. They do a good job, I think. So I leave them to it. He looked over unconvincingly towards his desk, where a vase with a set of white lilies rest peakfully, fresh cut and in water. I see, Q turned. Young bird is she? Her own private entrance then? Or exit? Well it's not my... it's business, not to burst your love bubble. But the honey is nice too. Q didn't pry, but always felt these personal conversations withered, as he failed to keep up with the affairs of others. Whether that was not a matter to him, or a matter to discuss, just hung gently in the air, and the professor was good at keeping an air about him. It was three o'clock, at least the wall clock spoke up, not in a vacuum, that one, eh? The joke fizzle. Must be that time of the session. Delete twelve lines of code, Reroute double entry to a pair of numbers you'll find on your card, on the way out. Follow the spiral staircase towards and about the skylight until you see the blue stained glass, then sit a while and work on your portrait some more. It's been lovely." Q picked up his grey coat from the chair, and smiled a closed-lip smile as his eyes balled over the knob on the door, for a quick twistery, and out and about, as per his objective. When he reached the bell tower, He took stock a bit, and, those chords there are for 5 p.m., and the others for 7, and so forth, down and around to perhaps a pipe organ, through the halls and walls, but for now. Quantum ticked as PV noticement of itself put tiny droplets of OAE mattery fax hung slightly in air, and to the unknown again, to stretch to connect a familiar bit, for to wit was not yet to be known, and so, he eyed a bit of copper running around the tower wall. Or maybe a phone call.
9: And it's with that, we take our slight pause into the stock gap spacings of a switch up whose top bottle for the mind stamp lookout here we go again. That was our Orca Q and just now he's typing me this letter to let you know about more Frederick of the suited, and well of kind in kind to denote your notes and ledgers for a donation of the type of grand biscuits to make our bellies shine on and like a lighthouse, boom and booming, as in the sound of a generation of follow-up stalks, from this the bedroom communities of San Francisco and down the bayside and so, do consider adding these pinned hat messages on the small screens in Twitterverse and Reddit and discover some more on and about the fictional real and really fictional and like in us fashion, and the all the timeable this is Serena from the labs of Chatteraqua Q. And that was the blockchains of love and concurrency, a bit of fictional non-fiction, dictioned for the placement towards the corner stop blotter mind bender bits for your Monday enjoyment. This is Radio 11, your Monday programming on Mutiny Radio FM, Broadcast around the world and around the station, stationed area and the as variable Potter jotters set tonal frequencies of light into matters of factoid lattices. For the spectrum, return to ground. This is characters paged.
10: Characters paged. Dot dot. Their pagers went off all simultaneously, and they looked down from across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit. The three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch is selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Q was in the middle of busing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like. And Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Arya sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there Q? What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and necess. As needed, Arya thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, yeah, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a trach and as you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun, from this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odds slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez. 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards and in the gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit a pariah's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. AQ? Aria equipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda, and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Aria. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf, for this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the fresh. Anyway how's your end? Aria's end was just fine and sitting, just under there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the Oh, surprise. Q blurted out. And bent over to pick up a quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. In would hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just I'm not carrying it anymore, it's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or... I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground, and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering, now, I'll just get on and cross splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have bought you one when you arrived, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway. Nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Blip! Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's this sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the shoot, and more so since the oh, yes. And there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Q jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzzed. He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, but walked straight up center. To the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was. He glanced. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from Mad Tong and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor. He found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently, and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple. And cufflinks. She didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. One hundred one, she said. And a coffee. I heard about it. She stated in a slate-gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well it's time and a half to type these up, so type there but out of order, so that'll be. She punched a calculator in her head, or as if. And it will be alright if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know. With the pages and all. You know what happened with Tron. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back a bit and motioned a question towards the brass door knob. She nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall, and, tap-tap. His watch was out, shielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the lights dimmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondaries, her voice flattered a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers. And the coffee. And the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left, yes? The. Q found it impossible not to be and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh?" he joked. Of course it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well, heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen, and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on a bit begruzzled, as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescence, and as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Stasis, was the word, he explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with this thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, And she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the, what was it again? Electroglutasilica. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks. And he blinked at her. She looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Same guy, I can see. Incredible taste in, what was it again? Everything? Came the response. The form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a package designed in for and foreign with and. Well this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. In truth, there were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surfaced, and still, and still enough to travel and. It likes light, she said and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, when applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do. Because we can't lose these. It's that simple and they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life, and that is why these are going places. Because we needed an ethics on chip and this is Gestalt Breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? I thought you were going to say Asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smashed glass from a satellite. Onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. The material from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing stripe sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boot. Good thing he passed the test, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue, classed him up a bit. So this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out-of baristas who try to claim their outrageous tips. It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Dot. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat-track, didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and let him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. The hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without a. He looked and replaced it to his head. Yes without the chop chop part. He was back into his part, a bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards. It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the project and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. It was better than yesterday, and that kind of reminds me, you know he pointed down to her, those bits, ah yes, perhaps if we had more time yesterday, but we're here in the now, you know, and our stop is just ahead, do you want to take a seat, Q paused and thought for a second, the mist was certainly coming up around him and the cuff links were a sort of see through now, with the water vapor, and he thought to himself, well, now is the time, he raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and dryodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised, and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. The light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second watching all of everything pass through them, as they became, non-entities and the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning, said Q in his dim slated voice. And they carried forward. I see, was Arya's gentle response and she took his hand and they continued walking forward towards a pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non passer who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally and they could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the click, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things and the water is static and so is our material, and so. And so. Arya motioned up to the stars and they both looked up. And we are light too, I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter, he said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped it make sense and the egg was. Well that was just a little joke, and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joke later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline and we always will, and will they ever, and so they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was, well, they both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heady and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was, oh, well it was and, Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift, of course. And they go together. Oh. This one's is a different color. I see. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing, you know. If we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. He did. What did she call it? Spatial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes it's me and me, you know the footage is done, developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about, did you? Of course not. Theatres took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight the EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen she grinned. Well quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope, with the right audience was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it, and imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like, and hoped they'd make it on time, and they joked some more about that. Well, and just at that moment, an asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and, amazingly, it just stood there, and the matter passed through them, and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. Oh side effect, said Q. And he stepped up a bit. And Arya smiled. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. And the mist was still around and as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain, each time dropping pins around them and each time they walk up and up and up, and completely stable, and in the rain they walked up towards a cloud and it began to murmur an electrical murmur, and they paused and thought about it, and it thought about them, and they could hear a slight whisper, and they hadn't heard that kind of voice before, and it was the water, and the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself, about its direction and about the presence of presents to be delivered on so-and-so, and and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its pause, and the light continued to swim around like water, and the water, inside still spun a bit to orient, and they looked closer, and closer at the individual droplets of water on their biped leg. And Q brought up Aria's hand where she held the pen, and clicked the light onto the water. And tiny people gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes. Dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in fact. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water, and away and about in fact if they were chattering with other water-warble bits about their bits and just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know. If the Easterly is going to kick off. And that bit of muck on aisle five has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light. And they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Oh said one bit of water. So you found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in. Well a couple of years and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean. a notion's worth of. What do you keep calling it? Van der Waal. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped at Q. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it. Q clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Aria and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that. She said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? She shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. Dot. It just hit the theater at 11 in front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. She motioned the pen for Arya, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Dot. The film was an art film. Well, the three knew it wasn't a film at all but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters. And then created was a backdrop which moved independently. Although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed, and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and us. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience. About how they had travelled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Arya as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present. About this moment. And in fact began to draw the audience as seated. And it was very much like a mirror. Except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience. And Miranda was at the center. And more centrally centered, the pen, metallic, in which she continued to draw into the notebook. And the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do. And it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact, and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time. And Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped. And the place was completely out now, Sands the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Onus and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat. Said Q. And Miranda and Arya just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Arya and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing what should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, Guest Q, right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Arya grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. And as motion goes, it was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the Tris met in a spatial hazy oil which they stepped into and around and their rear-view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night, and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello too to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the queue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text. A language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? She laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. Q looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her butt. It. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left. And Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Arya's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do, and imagined in positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, like tonight, and with hope every night, and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again, they took pause, and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Taught. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others for the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the E.G.S., pendas in and mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode. And forthwith is the side of knackers on a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, tense as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop. For the now, Aqua Q. like the drug's top bottle dropped sunside and a weathered balloon shot up to the side of an aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at it was that kind of day again and by day I mean the middle as is, is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quiet ledger of vertical drops for robot to read to you and another anato auto the all around roundness of all city, the velo kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chip away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy for what else is there leisure is our pronoun tonight and we name it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before dewdrops drops a muddy sandal toad continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you onto. like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for. If that were a word, and it may be just in those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. She flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock. Yes and slightly to the left this time, see a I raise like this, and I'm on my side. You know? Well, for the shoot, I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the eighties. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock, too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the backhand, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up her cigarette and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of, and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, and the book in front of this young woman. Flip, flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over. And over there. And all over. What a spread. And what a book. She looked at the back cover. 9.99 cents for this one. That's not bad for the 80s. I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? She motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Clare, and some more about how she was, if that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand in fire times Squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak and that comes with a smile, if you're interested," said the now positively gleaming young Ava, and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it, and closed doors, for an afternoon. The two enjoyed a bit of by-mount-clair, towards an in-and-around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were aimed, like Cupid in the star. Oh Oh, carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Re- evening. Here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate, and it was not she began window shopping herself, to understate an understanding. And she was eyed wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did. From the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeeries is our next road stop to a man who is also shopping in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could unusually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched who he was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around. Another men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man, all the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near. And the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me? Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked you know you left us that last winter we have the pictures you know it was a crazy run finding you you're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like geneva are you do they all make it out asked the man yes all but three we have them they're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you if you can find them came the reply oh i see and that was what they told me this morning as well I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're... I mean... I'm here. Yes, the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Mark's and Spencer again? I mean the budget reads like a show stocked by one and the only, what was her name again? Penelope. Yes, she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever. Look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here, take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge, I'll take it as read that you're and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent." Drab was his humor read to the collage of photos from the spy ex and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Leafing through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive, as per usual. He looked closely at one, ticked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. Each ordered gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. You could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? Got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. She out you know went down to the pub half-past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Click. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening with music from Bolero playing lightly on a stereophonic speaker dial-tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client, alright, it's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room. Get it. And get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me and I'll be round to pick you up, on time, right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne page just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver, winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couched his cigar between his lip and breathed out. He took the bottle from the young women, who he knew as. Claudia. Would you like a glass? Oh, it's chilled. But you're hot. Here. He poured two glasses, clicked them himself, and handed her one, which she held up, to the artwork on the eastern wall. It's nice, she said, to the artwork reminiscent of Rampart. Or that other one. You know her accent was gently dumbed down for this one. She knew it was. And was. She stammered. Good one, she thought to herself. Yes. I forget myself with that one, which is why we're here, again, right? To forget ourselves and get ourselves, on, in fact. Or was there another matter you came about? I keep coming, back and forth, for you and the blog, you know the show? Got any interests this time I should know about? I mean last time was a surprise. And a good one. Yes interest, high-heeled interest like the bank rolled royces of pottery barnyard animal cookies glistened softly in a chewy ooze of sauntering saunder muck pie jubilee between cold winter sheets to the wind galloped velvet candied apple smotter. What? She learned that from Q. She bumped him on the head and smiled, she took some rope out of pocket, motioned, and tied him up a bit, to her pleasure, and then took out a pair of handcuffs and fixed his shoes to the chair, picked up the remainder of the bottle of champagne, and poured it into his mouth as he smiled expectantly. The bottle was of course drugged, and his smile turned into a half grin as he began to look as if he was having a stroke. He seemed all right, just couldn't get on with moving any, and she pulled a bottle of pills from her purse and left it by his chair. Just enough for now. I've got to get on with getting off from here now. Let me just take a few notes and I'll be off. She reached into his breast pocket and took his wallet, with some loose notes which seemed fresh and currenty, And a small pouch with a diamond, of sorts. This is a bit more my speed. She eyed the lattice structure as it gleamed and pulsed a bit as she brought it close to some power in her purse. I won't be back again. But the gents will to finish up. Best of luck with them. They're light staff tonight shouldn't hurt your feeling too badly. She picked up her dress, snapped her garter at him and clicked the door closed behind her as the car pulled around and she hopped into the back seat this time, with a very very sort of a man she'd been looking for all evening. The map opened up between them as peaks and valleys in the legend too, golden and blissed right up for a tremor of a ride downtown, and around the bend, bent up slightly and to the left. Driven home, for the nowity of sake, and shaken gently, as in gentlemen, and jacked slightly without a booze yonder, but plucked and swirled, until they were fast asleep, and the sun horizon hit the other side of the planet again, for this another day in the continuation of continuity. The preceding episodic climatoidal fries modastical trollop portion of OEA's had been whizzed up the middle ground of wired magnetics for the very purposes of proposed time-space displacement and should be willed and rendered thusly on your papers and screened lightly. Photoshopped is for Windows and the Mac drug stop great and graded for cheese on and a finish for your evening as well. This is Akuq Q and we bid a fair, fair and well from this Radio 11 C3W.
9: Hello, this is Serena, the other other voice of our very special Mutiny Radio featured our Radio 11 with AquaQ, broadcasting Mondays at 5pm Pacific, as in the pacified pacifier of the suck and unsuck for your listening leisure, and we are also here to say that the mutt is all of us needs Mutiny Radio Entertainment, and thus in this we are, so please consider a donation we are Mutiny Radio on Venmo, and if you want to be extra special, write in Radio 11 in the ledger to let our director know what special these mid-afternoons, and now straighten up and listen side a ways away and means to lean forwards to the